You're listening to Recovery Nuggets Podcast, where we give you recovery nuggets to chew on and think about on your journey in recovery and on the path, featuring your host, David Clemen. What's up, all you recovery nuggets out there? This is your host, David, David Clemen, and it is Wednesday, September 7th. Tomorrow is my dad's birthday. He'll be 72 big ones. And uh, shout out Pops, Papa Dukes. And yeah, this is a mini nugget. Just got off the, well, I just got off the dinner table because I was eating some cauliflower pizza and a big old salad that Janet made. And it was delicious. And she asked me, what are you going to do for a mini nugget tonight? And I had this in my mind to do an episode on consequences. And I'm not sure if everyone feels like this, but I think that consequences, it's a negative connotation. And the dictionary says consequence a result or effect of an action or condition. So it just says it's the result of an action, basically. And then as I scroll down further, I really like this part. It says, um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, is a consequence good or bad? And it says consequences can be positive or negative. Positive consequences reinforce behavior and make it more likely to happen again. Positive consequences include positive attention and praise and rewards for good behavior. Negative consequences make behavior less likely to happen again. Not always, but less likely. And that's, uh, I believe that's from raisingchildren.net, but when we're in recovery, you know, we're, we're kind of coming in very limited emotionally. I know I was, and, uh, there are consequences for my actions in recovery. And one of the consequences from stopping drinking and using drugs was, well, for one, I could, I could think clearly again, and I started to feel better and, one of the negative consequences was that I could feel better. And what I mean by that is I could feel my emotions and, uh, it wasn't easy to deal with in the beginning, you know? And then by going to meetings in the beginning, one of the consequences was that I got to meet new people and I got to hear other people's stories and what they were struggling with. And eventually I met, one of the consequences was I met a sponsor and I was guided to continue on the path. And so there's so many positive consequences to being in recovery that they far outweighed the negative consequences of being in active addiction. And so I was, I was kind of, you know, I was getting that, positive attention and praise and rewards for good behavior, not necessarily from people in the rooms or my family, 
but it, it just felt, I just felt better about myself that I wasn't continuing to destroy myself. And that was a consequence of being in recovery and being around a community of people. And one of the consequences of taking guidance and asking for help and listening to the help and allowing the help and allowing the gifts of recovery was that my life started to turn around almost immediately because, you know, in the end of my using, it really was the an existence, and I can't say it was living, it was an existence of trying to go to sleep at 7 or 8 in the morning, trying to go to sleep, and fussing at the birds and the sunshine and everything that life has to offer. I, it just wasn't, I didn't want any part of it. And recoveries, the consequences of recovery have really given me the, the tools to live and enjoy life and not just exist. And that's not where I started, but that's where I live today. And, um, you know, I never thought that by getting clean, I would have and be working on a podcast to share other people's recovery and their style of recovery and modalities and have conversations about all things recovery and tr healing from trauma and just, you know, quitting smoking and conversations with authors, therapists. That's a consequence of staying clean and wanting to give back and do service, you know? So I would ask you, like, wh what kind of consequences are you experiencing in your life right now? You know, like for me, I'll, I'll to get honest, I have been drinking uh, sodas again. And I've been eating sugary cakes on break at work. And I've been, been eating more bread and not eating and not exercising. So the consequence of that is that I'm starting to have joint pain and my shirts aren't fitting as good as they used to. And my energy levels are down and my water intake is down. I'm working on it, but... I also know how it affects me mentally. You know, I have more cravings for sugar. And, you know, I'm going to share where I'm at on this podcast because that's just part of the journey of being in recovery. Like, my way of thinking, especially, you know, I, I call it the disease, but I, I don't feel like I'm always in the disease. You know, we do recover and recovery is, is possible. But... If I get off, especially with food and sugar, then I start to notice it. You know, I notice that it's becoming more of a thing where I'm like, I'm getting a conscience about what I'm eating and drinking. And I felt my best I've felt in a long time when I had lost weight and was eating better and exercising. 
And so I've been writing about it and it's, you know, I'm at that point where I'm ready to change my food again and exercise. And, but that, you know, the consequence of me getting off of my food program is that I revert to old habits as far as food goes. And they were imprinted very early on. You know, I grew up in the seventies where we had sodas around little Debbie snack cakes and, I freaking love that stuff. And I'm not even in a, an emotional state. Like I'm not eating and I'm not even really eating my feelings right now. It's just, I'm kind of willfully just eating whatever the heck I want. And my clothes aren't fitting like they were. <laughs> That's a consequence. <laughs> so I just wanted to talk about like, you know, we think of consequences as negative all the time, but they're not. They're positive and negative. And one of the positive consequences for me in recovery was getting a sponsor and doing step work and really learning about me through looking at it in the steps. And like in the literature of the 12 step group that I go to, it talks about that change is inevitable when we work the steps. And I needed that. I needed a lot of change, especially early on in recovery. I had a lot of stuff that, you know, the way I thought about things, the way I operated, the way I went to work, the way I acted at work, the way I acted in relationships, my relationships with, um, with sex, with food, employment, family, neighbors, people in traffic, the way I viewed the government the way I viewed, you know, who I thought I was, all that stuff was needed to be up for revision because it came from a self-centered fear foundation or base. And that kind of stuff took time because I had to sit down and read the questions and I had to write out the answers and I had to contemplate them and really get honest with myself. And then the other part of that was sharing it with a sponsor, someone I trusted to help me in my recovery. And uh, I, I feel grateful for the sponsors that I've had and that I do have because every one of them had something really um, they offered me honesty, integrity, and showed up for me. And I was willing to show up as well. That's the whole thing. That's a consequence of being a part of something. You know, how many times did I sign up for something, but I didn't really, I kind of wanted the rewards of signing up for something, but I didn't want to do the work. And that, you know, my friend Tom and I, we talk a lot about, you know, I was always good out of the gates with something until I hit a speed bump and then I was done with it. And that could be a new hobby, learning something in a new class, you know, get all the tools, man, I'm going to make this stuff. It's going to be the best ever. I'm going to go out and buy all the tools and then I do it and then I, I can't figure it out and then I just quit. 
good out of the gates, but not long for the whole race. And recovery's taught me that if I keep showing up, I can see things through, keep my commitment. If I say I'm going to show up to something, I show up to it, even if I don't want to go afterwards. Um, if someone calls me, I call them back. These are all things that it's that whole consequence of keeping your word and not to, not even to necessarily other people, but to myself, you know, so when, when I don't keep my a promise or commitment to myself, it affects my self-confidence, self-esteem. And so when I do the consequences that I, I build self-esteem, you know, we talk about, we build self-esteem by doing esteemable things. And that's where service comes into play. Service at home, working on steps, working on inner work, practice, practicing it in my life, practicing it in public and, you know, continuing on with the great experiment and being aware of the things that I need to work on. But also, you know, giving yourself some credit for continuing to work on not destroying yourself anymore through behavior, alcohol, drugs, compulsivity, retail therapy, gambling, food. There's so many things that have positive consequences in recovery that I really just wanted to point that out, that there are positive consequences, even financial consequences of taking a look at my, what I spend my money on, how much I actually make versus what am I spending my money on and then adjusting accordingly there's a consequence of that is that I'm not living beyond my means. And I've gone through retail therapy phases in recovery. I've gone through phases where I became obsessive about actually returning stuff. I would buy it. I bring it home. I'm like, I don't want it. I'm taking it back and get my money back. <laughs> so it's like we can take things and just, you know, just take it to the extreme. I've gone through phases in recovery where I thought I was supposed to buy lottery tickets because I was going to win the lottery. And then once I won the lottery, I was going to build a recovery center that would house meetings and have a coffee shop and all that. And that is a noble thought. But I had twisted my recovery into being this thing where like, because I'm clean for five minutes, now the universe is just going to grant me a huge chunk of cash because I'm in recovery. And that it just isn't how things have worked out for me. <laughs> There's been a lot more no's when I ask for that kind of stuff versus the yeses seem to be when it's in line with kind of these spiritual principles of showing up, being of service, doing the right thing for the right reason. They seem to work out better that way versus uh, fantasy land. And I've shared, I think I've shared about this before, but 
my my fantasies, especially when I was using an early on in recovery, fantasies always end up with me by myself, way away from the people that love and care about me with some materialistic thing that I've come up with or I'm getting some attention that maybe I don't feel like I get in my everyday life or some like romantic thing that's going to happen. You know, I remember this woman, Sharon, she passed away, but she passed away clean. She always talked about like she could be in line at the grocery store and see a good looking guy. And before he checked out, she had already picked out the wedding dress, knew where they're going to get married and the house they were going to buy. You know, and it's like, I can relate to that. I can identify with that. Like these fantasies, the mental gymnastics that we can play to take us out of the life that we already have, which is wonderful because, but we can't see it because of this, you know, fantasizing that there's some mystical, magical, you know, pill or button or place or person or job. I find that in the end, all those things lead to me being by myself and not connected. And that's where it gets unhealthy. Yeah. It just gets unhealthy. I can make myself miserable thinking I should get a different job or go back to school and get a career. Not to say that I don't challenge myself to do new things, but when I'm feeling bad about the past, you know, I don't feel good about myself. If I'm fearing the future, I'm anxious. You know, if I'm fearing or worrying about the past, I, I feel guilt, shame. If I fear the future, I'm usually anxious. Something's going to happen. It's not going to work out. The ball's going to drop. The other shoe's going to drop or whatever. But the consequences of me staying consistent with this podcast is that I'm meeting interesting people. It's helping my recovery. Um, it's helping other people and shout out South Africa, shout out Argentina. People around the world are popping in from different countries. We're up to 25 now. And, you know, the consequences of me continuing to do this is that I'm considering my recovery before I come on here and talk. Because my hope and my intention with this podcast is to just be here to say that <clears throat> if you're new, or if you've been around for a while, there are positive consequences to staying on the path of recovery. Just hold on for one more day, whatever it is. You know, recovery is possible. I've been there. I've been there clean. I've been so miserable and in so much pain clean that the one, the biggest commitment I made to myself was that I'm going to go to work and I'm going to come home until this passes and I'm not going to use those. That's kind of what I, 
when I was going through one of the most painful times, not only in recovery, but in my life, in my life, I'm like, I'm not using, I'm going to work and I'll come home and the chips will fall where they need to fall after that. And then in a previous episode, I shared about Buddy, the cat. You know, so many miracles have come from continuing to be in recovery. And that's a consequence of learning and realizing that I can be in the no matter what club. Like, I don't have to use no matter what. You know? One of my biggest reservations when I first got clean was, well, what if one of my parents dies? You know? Then I'll be able to use. I'll probably want to use them when my parents or whatever. And the reality is no one's guaranteed to know when, who, who's going to die when or whatever. I'm not guaranteed to outlive my parents. And it was pointed out to me that way. And it kind of took the pressure off, you know, and then getting through some things that were very difficult early in recovery, middle of recovery, currently, you kind of build this kind of savings, recovery savings account of when the big stuff hits that you know you can get through it. That's been my experience. But I have to get through some little stuff in the beginning, like someone pissing me off in traffic or, you know, someone says something at work, little smaller stuff and get through that clean. Because I used to use over all that kind of stuff. I used to use over everything. So when I start not using over the little stuff, and then when the big stuff hits and I stay clean through that or sober, you, you get this momentum built up. But I got to keep doing the work, and I got to talk to people, and I've got to reach out. I've got to do some recovery dialing. I got to stay connected. I got to do my... My meditation, I do some journaling, read somebody else's thoughts on recovery, see what they do, ask for help. And those are all things that we can do to continue the journey. I mean, this is really the great experiment. It's like what works, what doesn't work. You know, some of the things that work for me may not work for you. And that's all right. Like I'm not, I just have kind of bumped along the path for 16 years now. And there, I've done things in recovery that, you know, I'm ashamed of or feel guilty about, and I've corrected it as I've gone along, but I did that stuff clean because of like old habits and, you know, it just, but it's weird when making mistakes in recovery, it hits different. Because you feel it on a whole different emotional level that can really make change possible. Because when you when I would do stuff that I was guilty, felt guilty or shamed about when I was using, I would just use to numb the pain. But when you're trying to get through something clean because you feel bad, damn, that shit sits with you for a while. Excuse my language, but... I mean, it'll have you not sleeping right, looking at the ground, 
not making eye contact. And that's clean. And like, I didn't get clean to be miserable. I could tell you that much. I was miserable. That's how I got here was pain and misery. <laughs> so just think about the consequences in a positive light. You know, I've heard before you can do anything in recovery that you want as long as you're willing to deal with the consequences. I like the positive consequences. They keep me going. It's so cool to see different victories and little victories where you got through something and it made a difference in your life. And then you, you know, some of the small victories in recovery are letting go of like the smallest thing that used to trip you up all the time. I mean, like the way someone looked at you in a meeting or in public or at a school dance or in class or someone could say one word that you took offense to just because they chose that word over another word. And when you let, when you learn to start letting that stuff go, it's so much freedom in it. It's like, Oh my gosh, I wasted so much time with that my entire life. And now I don't do it anymore. What a gift. I mean, it's like, really? I obsessed about that for years about that one conversation. And now I don't even think about it. It has no effect on me. What a gift. So I encourage you to keep coming. Keep working on your recovery. Give yourself some credit when you, you know, if you're here, I'm grateful you're here. If you're, if you're listening and you're drunk or you're high, I'm still glad you're here. That means you might want to be making some changes and that's awesome. You know, I knew I wanted to quit long before I actually quit. And that's, that doesn't get talked about enough. Like, you are welcome here, even if you're still using. And I learned that in um, the rooms. I'd love for you to come back when you're not high or drunk. But if you're here and it's, it's giving you some type of hope, keep coming. Keep coming. It takes, it really does take what it takes for us to stop. It really does. Keep showing up for yourself, even if it sucks right now, even if you don't have that much money or you're looking for a new job and you don't have that many trusted, emotionally safe people around you. Keep keep listening to podcasts, read books, go to meetings. If you, if you feel like you, you need some more connection, there's zoom meetings around the world uh, for all types of fellowships, including ones that uh, don't have a higher power aspect. There's just so many options and uh, I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you're listening and you know, shout out everybody that's listening. No, 
script for you here. Thank you so much. Practice those positive consequences in your life. You deserve it. Thank you for showing up for your recovery. Much love. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Nuggets podcast. I want to thank our guests this week. And uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can reach out on Instagram at Recovery Nuggets podcast. And the email is recoverynuggetspodcast at gmail.com. Also like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple. And be great if you leave a five-star review. That really helps out the podcast. And I really want to thank you for showing up for your recovery today. Disclaimer, Recovery Nuggets podcast and guests are not representatives of any 12-step program. I am not a doctor, counselor, or therapist. I share my experiences, strength, and hope. Guests of the show share their personal experiences and opinions. Take what you like and leave the rest. Each person's journey in recovery is unique. Thank you for listening to Recovery Nuggets podcast. (laughs) 